And hello. It is four o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, what is it? December? No, February? No, March eleventh? I think March eleventh could be. Come on, yep, 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 yep. And uh, guess where I am? Give up? Oh, that was too soon to give up. You could have shouted out a dozen places. At if you got, if your uh, bingo scorecard had Bluffers Park, then uh, you win. Yeah. Have not been here for well over a month, for reasons which you know all about. And uh, it's kind of nice to be back, and a little bit of that feeling of independence Today was a uh, a testing out day to see um, if I could get into my car, the old Toyota. You know, get the garage open, get into the car, get out, get out using the roller, get it folded up, stuffed in the back seat, get into the car, and then I ran an errand. I had to uh, see my accountant to drop off some paperwork, and I thought, gee, that that's dandy. That's a step. That's actually progress. You know, to get to become independent, get into my car. Yeah, all right, you can still do that, still drive around, still run errands. So uh, I didn't go into her office. I said, uh, I, I called when I arrived and said, just meet me out back. I got papers. And so talked through the open window, did not get out of my car. Didn't get that far, but there was no re- reason for it anyway. And she's got steep stairs uh, going down to her office, so there's absolutely no need for that. Anyway, I did a job. Okay, Jesus Christ, cut it short, will you? And thought, hey, on the way home, because it's on uh, Kingston Road, I'll stop in at uh, Bluffers Park and say hello to my friends. Uh, yeah, that's you. Yeah, you're my friends. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. So, yeah, all right, enough foolishness. What is a rollator? Uh, that's the thing I've got folded up in the back of the car here. That's the thing I picked up on um, Thursday. It is now Saturday. So it's uh, it's quite new to me. I'm getting used to it. Kind of like it. I know I, I mentioned last podcast I had funny feelings because it was a reminder of, you know, something that I need. But things are getting better. I've been able to actually go up and down stairs standing, one foot at a time, you know, two hands on the railing, sort of pulling myself up, but that's okay. That's the way it was before. And I think part of it was a psychological hurdle I had to get past because I was just afraid to put weight on my left leg, the bad leg, because uh, it sometimes buckles and I didn't want to fall. And uh, it's a panicky, terrible feeling when suddenly your leg gives out and you... (gasps) You catch your breath and you let out a little shout like, you know, oh my God, I've been shot. It's it's very unpleasant. But anyway, I, I can do that now. So for the past two days, finally, after a month of going up and downstairs on my bum, I can actually go up the way you're supposed to go up. Well, not quite the way you're supposed to go up, <laughs> but, uh, you know, vertically, you know. Standing, and it's it's what I wanted to get to. So, what is a rollator? I didn't know this word 
until uh, I needed one. R-O-L-L-A-T-O-R. I guess I'm pronouncing it correctly. Rollator? Rollator? Well, how else would you pronounce it? A rollator. Anyway, a rollator, also referred to as a wheeled walker, is a walker with a seat, three or four wheels, and handlebars. You got all that? Rollators are mobility devices ideal for those who are able to walk but may need assistance or require frequent breaks. Many rollators also let you adjust the height and include handle brakes and a crossbar for back support when sitting. So this is a key element here, right? It has to have, it's a wheeled walker. They don't mention the seat part, but many need assistance. No, there's, it, ha, it has a seat. That's a key part. Why don't they mention that in the description? Those who are able to walk require many rollers, let you adjust the height, and include handle brakes and a crossbar for back support. But they don't say you sit in the damn thing. Maybe I'm missing something there. Let me go back. Let me go back. Let me go back and see, because I, I put down these definitions. Would that be under health? Blood pressure? Yeah, what is a rollator? Um, what is the difference between a rollator versus a walker? So I'm giving you the inside scoop because some of you might not know this. Maybe you didn't want to know, but hey, you can never have too much information. Well, that's a lie, but you know what I mean. A walker is a mobility device with handlebars and four legs. Walkers may feature two wheels or no wheels, depending on the model. A rollator is similar but includes three to four wheels and a seat. And a seat. Okay, there you go. That's a better definition. The main difference between a walker and a rollator is that a rollator lets you sit comfortably with support when you need a break from standing. Thank you very much. Yes, indeed. I haven't used it because I haven't really gone out walking, but it's there. Uh, because rollators have wheels on all legs, they may not provide as much stability for someone with severe balance issues as the stationary legs of a walker would. Well, yes, I have balance issues, but not that much. So anyway, there you go. All right, we're done with that. You, do you need to know my blood pressure? Very good today. Just did it. I'm trying to do it regularly. I, I, I learned... Sit calmly before you turn it on. Sit calmly. Maybe take a few deep breaths. <sighs> relax. Just relax. And it came out as 136 over 61. I don't know if that means anything to you, but to me, that's yeah, it's good. That's good. That's good. Okay. So, moving all that stuff aside, where are we? Back into Dixon Jeans. What have I got for you? This is episode 937. It is the start of 937. I don't know where we're going to get to on this episode and when we'll be finished, but that doesn't matter, does it? Because uh, we're just getting kind of warmed up. I'm feeling a little better. I'm, I'm less embarrassed about sharing health stuff because that's just a fact of life for me. That is my reality. And to try and ignore that uh, would be kind of dishonest, I guess, in a way, because, hey, this is where I'm at. Well, right now, this is where I'm at, Bluffers Park. It's nice to be here. It's nice to be here. All right. So the last episode, I raved about uh, Playboy magazine. And I went back to that April, May 1967 issue, and I read the article 
the article really was good on Formula One racing. It went through the history, mentioned the famous drivers. It described, I should have um, recorded that clip, damn it, what it was like to drive Monaco. I, I may have mentioned that, but it was really well done. So, I mean, this was quality writing that Playboy was paying for. That that was good, right? I don't think Penthouse and any of the others that followed really cared that much about it. Probably they had a few names they paid for, but the Playboy did a good job on their articles. Um, the other one, the article that was interesting, was the CIA. And again, this is 67. They're involved in Vietnam, but they're talking about how the CIA was under out of control because it was not accountable to anybody, including the budget. The budget was like trillions and no, they didn't have to report any of it. Nobody knew where that money was going or what it was for. There were a lot of rogue agents. So I'm just going to read a quote that I took out of there. Uh, the CIA has not only sent men who are little more than adventurers to dabble in underground plots and maneuvers on foreign soil, but has also ended up aiding just those right-wing right wing regimes showing the least in common with our publicly announced democratic objectives. Did you get that? It's paying bad boys to go over there and stir up shit in companies. And we all know, and he gave examples, of course, in this article. And this was a senator who wrote the article. Um, can't remember his name, sorry. Uh, describing, you know, the things, the, the regimes that were overthrown in support of right-wing militaristic dictatorships who could support um, America, especially when it came to supporting, what was it, the uh, United Fruit Company. And I guess that was the overthrow. Was it Nicaragua? But, you know, you know, the, you know the story and so on. But the fact that this thing was, you know, Hugh Hefner was, was putting out this stuff, leaning a little bit to the left in a lot of their articles. They took on the Vietnam War. And the other thing he did, to his credit, again, was Playboy Club having black entertainers and musicians, well-known ones, who could come in the front door. And in many other places, they had to enter by the kitchen. Um, Playboy Club was not going to have any of that. And uh, Playboy After Dark and all the uh, the sh TV shows and all the other stuff they did, it was quite clear uh, Hugh Hefner had great respect for uh, black entertainers and musicians. Sammy Davis was a regular guest and uh, a little bit ahead of his time, or at least with his time, f for the progressives. All right. Uh, enough about that. Last thing I want to talk about, I've already gone on 10 minutes, is my... Instagram feed. It is all cats all the time. Now, I'm still, I can't help myself. Like every time I see a cat, it's it's like, 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 and then, ooh, love, ooh, love, like, like, love, like, love. And I just respond. I can't help myself. I love cats. I adore cats. The only thing is, Every once in a while, maybe from one out of every hundred, there'll be an animal. Well, no, more than that. You're, because you're getting assholes who say, oh, cats are popular. I'm going to post cats and I'm going to put them in clothes. I'm going to put hats on them. And uh, they're getting, oh, 
Cats don't like to be dressed up. Dogs, you can get away with it. They don't probably like it much either, but dogs will suck up to you, right? Cats don't suck up to you. They don't want it. They don't like it. And to see people dressing up their cat to make them look cute really, really bothers me. It's an offense. It's an insult to the cat, okay? I'm putting that out there. I don't like those. And then if it's a cat, like it's run its way up the curtains on its claws and then suddenly realizing, my God, it's clawed in at the top of your ceiling and it can't get down, the cat is in distress. I don't like any pictures showing any cat in any possible type of distress. Some say my cat loves the bath and they're in in the water and they sort of looks like, oh, maybe they do. They're used to it. I don't know. Questionable. But anything that shows any cat in discomfort, really throws me off, really upsets me. And I know we've had this discussion before. Well, what about the poor children who are starving, you know, and the children who are suffering? It's The cats are helpless. The children are too. I know that. I know that's not a defense. But I just... I'm just telling you the truth. I feel it for the animals. Any animal. If it's a dog, I'd feel the same. Any animal in distress. It just really, really upsets me. And it's because the take on humans are humans are nasty, ugly, vicious, mean, cruel monsters, generally speaking. And animals aren't. I mean, they do what they have to do to survive. I know the cruelty. We Again, you know, you, you eat, you kill, but you don't torture you don't deliberately inflict pain. You don't you don't make people suffer when there's a system that could provide food and comfort and clothing and shelter. We do, we humans. So uh, all that leads to further discussions at a later point. But I'm just telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you what. I'm telling you what I watch on Twitter and how it's... Okay, as I was telling my accountant, Virginia, when I dropped off my papers... This is terrible. The amount of time, and her view is that computers are making us more stupid, making more work for all of us, far more work now, thanks to computers, and making us stupider. And and I agree. The, the business of not being able to read a long article, because it's just too long. I just want to scroll through too quickly. I see it in myself. The amount of time that I can waste sitting there and there's always enough. My God, I'm such a sucker for anything from Family Guy, especially if I see uh, Stewie or uh, the dog. I just, okay, yeah, I'm going to stop. Yeah, I'm going to watch that reel. Oh, there's another one? Oh, I'll watch that too. Um, Not so fond of Meg. I'm going to answer this, but I know it's a fake call. Hello? Hello? Would you like to... Yeah. Hello? I mean, I knew it was a fake call. I shouldn't have answered, but anyway. I was hoping to tell somebody to fuck off. Okay, maybe you're ready to tell me to fuck off. I guess you've had... I mean, the, 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 the bouncy news for me, the bouncy bouncy is... I can get out of the house and get up, get around, get in my car, get things done. I couldn't go grocery shopping. Like, we needed um, windshield washer fluid. And that's not something I could easily do in terms of just carrying. I haven't figured out. There is a bag that comes with this thing. I could for something small like that. Okay, we needed salt. (laughs) There's no way I could go in and and, uh, handle a 
10 kilogram bag of salt for the driveway. Um, I just couldn't do that. Right. There's no way of me carrying that with the stroller and so on. A little, a little, a little bottle of yeah, that. That'd be about the limit. Windshield washer fluid. Maybe I could handle, but nothing else. So I'm still, you know, shopping is still going to be a problem. I'm ordering pizza tonight, getting out of my car, getting into the store with the walker and coming back out with a pizza and a lar- an extra large box. I can't do that. I can't do that. So there you go. Some cans and cans. Scarborough Dude signing off from uh, Bluffers Park. Stay with me. Put up with me. Oh, shout out. Thank you to our good friend, uh, MMD. Did I get that right? Uh, who's just put out a garbage cast. An interesting one about, boy, my goodness, the the whew, the difficult time um, he had and his wife went through giving birth to their son. I wrote, save that episode. Um, he posted, what did he post here? Uh, something... That was nice about that I should save. Maybe it was somewhere else. Maybe it was on my page, not on his page. Dixon Jane, there you go. There you go. Your podcast will pro- will probably be the most important non-monetary thing you leave to your kids, any possible grandkids. Don't doubt its worth. Now, little things like that, not such a little thing, but things like that. When you get them, just every once in a while, somebody says something nice about your podcast or, or, you know, touches you in some way. It's so gratefully appreciated. Another one, yesterday I got a a card from Dave Olson. Some of you might know Dave Olson. You can Google that. He's in a small town in Japan with his wife and son. And he just sent a postcard. He was in a doctor's office somewhere. And just sent just a postcard, just a few words about, you know, getting better and sorry about your health, something to that effect. And it was a picture of one of his adventures. And he he's the person I've mentioned has had adventures far beyond I have ever had in his lifetime, him being younger than me. My goodness, the things he has done, the places he has gone, the experiences he has had. Incredibly remarkable. And he, he shares these in various forms, through poetry, through books, through photos, through stories, through many, many different ways. But it was just very kind of him to send that little postcard off after hearing my podcast. So those little things that I was whining about in my previous episode, you know, why don't people share more? Those little kinds of sharing, not necessarily on your podcast, bearing your soul, but little thoughts of kindness. It means an awful lot. We should all be doing more of that. Okay. Oh, my God. This is going to be a 20-minute clip. So thanks, MMD, and uh, thank you, Dave Olson, and uh, anybody else who uh, shares and cares. Thanks, uh, Penelope, for replying to the uh, comments I left in the last one with a a personal story (laughs) that I won't share, of course. It's her story. Thank you. Scarborough Dude signing off from uh, Bluffers Park. Getting back into the swing of things. Yes, I am.
That should be enough. Scarborough dude back at you and again from uh, Thompson Park. It is a, uh, what, Tuesday afternoon or, yeah, it's just just after 1 p.m. I'm sitting here. I've got my uh, medium-sized cafe. Now, I don't didn't realize how large the bloody medium is. Like, that's a large by any other standard. Uh, I should have got the small, but it doesn't matter. What I don't finish, I'll put in the fridge. Drink it tomorrow when it's cold. Um, cold day, windy. Uh, I'm not getting outside the vehicle. I, I can't very well. <laughs> All entrances to the park, there used to be like little pathways. You park your car, I'm in the handicap zone. And fortunately, it's very nice. They've got at least six handicap spots, double width. But there was always sort of a path that you could just go straight out onto the uh, the roadway or the, the walkway um, that I like to take. Now, I can't do that anyway. I'm not quite up to that bit of exercise. But secondly, you can't get at it. They plowed the uh, driveway or the side, the parking lot, and it's just a mound four or five feet high of ice. So no getting around that. Doesn't matter. That wasn't my plan anyway. My plan was just to sit here because it's a, a comfortable peaceful, relaxing spot. I've just posted a picture. I might use it for this episode. I like it so much. It's got my Beatles hat, the bell you just heard, and my McCafe coffee cup. And that's in focus. And then behind it, kind of faded and and, uh, slightly out of focus, blurry, looking like winter, is the trees that I'm looking at now. Uh, And a bit of, well, snow, a lot of snow. It looks cold, but it's it's a beautiful picture. It's nicely composed. I mean, I did that deliberately, and uh, I like it. Okay, okay. So that's where we are. Why are we here? Well, I had to. I've got to keep doing little challenges, and this may not seem like a challenge to you folks at home who are uh, mobile and not handicapped in any any way. But for me, this was a, this was a first time going out alone. I had to pick up my meds at Shoppers, so I know exactly where it is. Drove to it, knew to get a parking spot close to the store, and the whole trick is like getting out of my house, which takes time to get through the two front doors, onto the deck, lock the uh, grips on the um, rollator, then put it down on the ground, step down, then. Somehow get it out of the way so I can open the garage door, back the car out, go back, get the rotor, back up, open the door, the rear door, fold it, put it in, back to the front of the car, close the garage door, then into the driver's seat and ready to go. It, it is, it takes time and, and it's, you've got to do it carefully and slowly um, so that you don't slip, fall or do something stupid. And uh, that's exactly what I did. And then drive, of course, that's the easy part. And then to get to the store, I knew I had to look on the sidewalks where there's a, it's level with the, the uh, pavement so that I could roll up without having to lift this thing up onto the curb. Little things 
that I wouldn't normally pay any attention to at all when you're just walking normally with your foot or even with a cane, but now with a rotor. Oh, my God. I'm sorry to interrupt, but here he comes. One o'clock. I'm not going to bother. I'm not going to wave to him. I'm not going to shout out, although I almost feel I have to. It's just his walk. He walks like a... It's a weird walk. And he waved to me. Hello, my friend. How are you? I can't walk anymore. Have a good have a good day. Enjoy. Nice to see you. <laughs> like he recognized the car. It's sort of like almost like a, a friendly dog that comes up to you. And I, I don't mean that in any disparaging way. I just I like <laughs> how many of those encounters have you had on this podcast with that gentleman? And every time it brings out a laugh, it fills you with a little joy. Now, I'm going to say something here that I spent five years, past lives, working with what were then known as mentally retarded adults, and many of them weren't. Some had just other things, but were locked away by their parents when they were young anyway. Um, some were just slow. There, there was a variety of people. But that work filled me with so much joy because they there was love. I know I've talked about this before. Uh, and maybe he just reminds me because of the fact he makes me laugh and, and wants to greet him and we just wave. And I never, I've never understood a word he said. It It brings back that memory of my times working in sheltered workshops, group homes, counseling with these uh, this variety of such interesting people. I, I fear, you know, there, there's so much of conformity these days. There's so many people following whatever is, you know, the latest trend or whatever, and we try and assign groups to people or generalizations about people, and you cannot do that with mentally handicapped individuals because they are so uniquely one-of-a-kind and waving at that gentleman just brings a little bit of that back to me. Um, okay, so where were we? Ah, yeah, so anyway, I was able to, you know, I'm looking for where is the groove to, where is it flattened so I can get my roller up. Ah, good, there's the square button with the auto door, because I need that. You can't have a roller and have one hand on it and lean over and try and pull a door into you. And you just, you have to back out of the way, push that button and wait for the door to open and did all of that. Like just, and then back into the car and same old thing, get to the back of the car, get this roller collapsed, put wrestled into the back seat. I used a lot of words to describe because it, it involved a lot of steps, but today this was an accomplishment. This was my job for today. Go get your meds. Don't ask my son to go get them. Don't don't depend on somebody else. You can do that yourself. And then the wonderful thing is I knew exactly where it was located. I knew exactly where the um, uh, McDonald's was across the street, just beside the uh, huge mosque on Lawrence and uh, near Midland. Oh, that's still hot. My God. Uh, and then... Um, Sailed through the drive-thru. One of those wonderful times, and oh, somebody in front of me, and all he wants is a coffee. And I barely have time to stop. It's just so fast. Yeah, I just want a coffee too. Bam, 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 out you go. So here we are. I'm feeling a little bit joyful because of all that. And um, I got things to say. I got things to say. Um, let's start with my flight to Vancouver, which is supposed to, today is the, uh, what did I say it was? I said it was the 14th. So, 
a week today, I am supposed to be leaving, was supposed to be leaving for Vancouver, the, the 21st. And I knew, oh, I'm not ready. I, number one, I have a doctor's appointment that day. Uh, another appointment, a blood test that week, another doctor's appointment after that with my neurologist, and et cetera, et cetera. So there's all these things I would have had to reschedule, cancel, whatever. But on top of that, I'm just not ready to get myself through an airport. If it was a big deal just getting to shoppers to pick up my meds, hey, getting myself to Vancouver, come on. Anyway, I was prepared. It was a non-refundable ticket. I can't believe I, I it was $285 return. Toronto, Vancouver, return $285. My God, what a deal. But couldn't use it. So I was prepared to write that thing off. But I thought, no, go online, see what you can do, get a scheduled call back. Call back three days later, as promised, exactly the right time. Um, and um, very nice agent on the phone, very polite. And I just did a very nice job. I, I brought out the best of the mediator in me and just... You know, I understand the conditions of my ticket. I was just hoping that uh, in light of the fact that I had a a medical emergency and I knew not to explain. I I had rehearsed this in my mind. I had played through what I have to do. How am I going to play this out so that I get my money back? And I was successful because I, I, you know, I, I played that hand well. And made sure that he knew I was polite and respectable and had legitimate. And, of course, I offered. I said, now I can get the documentation, scan it, take a photo, and send it to you if we need to go through all of that. You know, and, of course, he didn't. Well, I'll, it's a non-refundable, but I'll, I'll see what I can do. And, of course, he makes me wait 15 minutes. Well, I think they do it just for show. Maybe he's scheduling somebody else or at his coffee break, whatever. He comes back, and here's the deal. They will credit my account. I didn't even have an account with WestJet. He created it for me. The money was already in the account. $285 for my next, providing I book a flight with WestJet within the next year. What a perfect outcome. I lose nothing. I was afraid I'd have to reschedule and I'm not ready. I don't know what dates. Now I have $285. Now I'll never get a a ticket for that price again. It'll be more than double that, I'm sure. But still, considering I bought it cheap ticket. Anyway, 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 that's the end of the story. All right. All right. I'm happy. Okay. Jesus Christ. And I played it well. I'm glad about that. I knew, I knew the outcome I wanted and I got the results that I wanted. And and I chatted with him, talked about the poor flare passengers who uh, had four of their planes seized at the airport. They can't get them back because they're behind on the lease payments. Oh my God. So anybody on any of those Flights was out of luck. And, of course, this gentleman who uh, helped me was dealing with angry flare passengers. All right. So, next topic, Brian. Brian Fomey. You know Brian, my good friend from Nunavut. Brian, who I've got drunk with on four continents. My good former drinking partner. He doesn't drink much now. And his life has changed. His, uh, his wife married another woman. And they're happy and traveling all over the world and have property here and there and so on. Brian, just by chance, met up with a wonderful woman from Chile who was looking for a travel partner, friend. And they have a wonderful relationship. They see each other three, four times a week. She has her own condo. He has his basement apartment he's living in. And uh, they travel together. And Brian just called to say he just got back from Nova Scotia looking after his wife's little sausage dog. And... um, is that, oh my God, he's second round. He's just coming back. I'm not going to wave. I'm not going to wave. I'm not going to bother him. Um, 
And he's off to Italy. And he, they've already picked out all the places they're going to travel to in the cities and then a trip to Sicily. And they do it together and they book B&Bs and hotels. And his son helps him out. He works for a hotel chain and always gets a deal for him and they get tickets. And it's absolutely wonderful. This is Brian, who's a year older than me. My, my The guy, the friend I made, one of the first friends I made uh, for Kuso Nigeria. I met him at the orientation in Toronto before we even started. So a friend of many years who was diagnosed with prostate cancer to the point where it was beyond surgery. So he's been on hormone treatment and a number of things. And yet here he is, years later after this diagnosis, still living a wonderful life. And I'm just so happy for him. And I send that out as a message to another friend I have who uh, is also dealing with prostate cancer. And uh, even I have quite a few friends who've had that issue. And um, so things can go well if we have good doctors who are looking after you. I think that counts for a lot. So it made me kind of happy. And I think what I was kind of getting at, I know it sounds like I'm wandering, but I'm actually quite focused today, believe it or not. This is the normal me. Mm -hmm. Um, Having this little bit of a handicap is making me more appreciative of many little things. Like how grateful I am about how easy it was to get into that pharmacy to get my meds. Yeah, the floor is fairly level. Yes, there was a little ramp where you could get your wheel yours cart up to uh, to the door. Yes, there was a, a button to open that door for you. Uh, all the little things that I'm grateful for. And Brian's travel sort of fits in. I can't do that travel. Those days are gone. And, and I look back and I can say, okay, man, you, you had your turn. And I know I've said this before. Forgive my repetitiveness. Um, but it's not envy. It's not jealousy for sure. There'd be no, that wouldn't make any sense. Maybe there's some envy. Yeah. But also celebration. Good for Brian. God, that's wonderful. Hope you post lots of pictures and, and I could actually sound cheerful for him when I, when I wished him bon voyage. All right. Another friend wrote to me and said, yeah, I passed along some words. Didn't write to me. I actually sent a recorded message. You can do that too. You know, folks, I'll listen. Um, not to be played on this, and just a message for me. But it was, you know, I've been very self-conscious the past few podcasts about what what message am I giving? Is it going to be all about health? No, shit, you're just like every other old person. All you talk about is your fucking health. Fuck you, shit, that's boring. And he said, well, back up. No, no, you're being honest. You're being open. And, and you're being a little bit vulnerable by exposing how you're feeling and encourage me to keep going. And I thank you very much for that, Mr. Wooby. I appreciate that. It was a very kind message to get and uh, a little bit encouraging. Um, I'm very happy to see that this gentleman, who's also dealt with serious cancer, stomach, oh my God, really, really, cancer that you know, you, this person could have died from, Talking about Francis, he won't mind. He, people know, friends know. Um, has just survived and started a new life for himself. Went back to school to get a master's degree. Is now helping a lot of... <coughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to choke on that, Francis. Uh, a lot of people through being an active social worker and, and counseling and, and doing things that we need more of in this society... Uh, around the world. We need more counselors, more social workers. And uh, that's what he's doing. And, and it's wonderful. Another life reinvented. So thank you for that. 
um, I guess it sort of led me to a topic about reinventing yourself at some point in your life. And I feel, personally speaking, it's back to me now, that's what this is about. I had a chance when I was spent a year at York studying mediation and coming up with a mediation certificate. And I know I've gone into it, how the lawyers hijacked it, and there was all kinds of promise in those days. There were good-paying jobs. And I even started a little company. I don't know how far I got. A Glanville Mediation. Glanville was a family name. Uh, thinking of my grandfather, who uh, a man I wished I knew more of. But it started, and and it even designed the logo, and had an office for a while that I thought this is where I could do the mediation, and somehow let it slip by. And Brian is able to travel because he had a good job. He spent he and his wife spent all their working years up north, Baffin Island, Nunavut. You know, working and getting paid good money, but they earned it and now have very nice full-time pensions so they can afford. Money is just not a not a worry for them. And that's wonderful. Well, for me, it's tight because I didn't do things like that. And this is not a complaint. This is, I'm just talking about planning for your future, which I, I never did. I Things were just going to work out. And somehow, miraculously for me, they did because of going to Japan and uh, getting that, the job that I got. I mean, that was just a, a, a lifesaver. Um, but could I have done something? Should I have done something? Could I have worked a little harder? And I remember almost the turning point, you know, when I let it go. I remember once in a parking lot talking about it on a, on very quietly on a Dixon Jane's podcast years and years ago, revealing my secret. I'm going to start a mediation business. And I did volunteer mediation. And then it came to get certified. You needed a number of paid mediations. Forgive me for repeating. And you can't get paid mediations when you're volunteering at a community center, even though they're valid mediations. Uh, and I guess there was some bitterness there and, you know, I don't know. I, I don't attribute it to laziness, but for whatever reasons, I just didn't go ahead. So if I was asked, do you have any regrets? So I don't regret the crazy life I lived out in Vancouver, the travel, that Yukon summer, going to Nigeria, going to Japan, none of that. Do I regret here? It comes back third time. Um, but maybe I should have done something with the mediation skills, and, and I have the personality for it. And I did enjoy very much those uh, community mediations I did. And that they kind of dried up. They stopped doing it with COVID. It just brought a shutdown. And those are things, even just helping high school kids got into trouble. So maybe I could still put my name into it, you know, still try and volunteer again. Maybe that's something down the road I should think about doing, you know. There's still, it's not about the money. It's about uh, helping somehow. What else can you do with your life? And I know a lot of people, I have another good friend of my men's group, talks about this often, who was a skilled mediator, counselor, and had a, a business, did this for years. And now, even though he's in his 80s, he's still thinking, what more can I give? What more can I do? So uh, maybe that's something that's just bubbling around and i am just decided I'd share it with you today. So folks, I think that's about it. Um, 
nothing really spontaneous other than being here. Oh, I have one more challenge I'm going to do, and that is to go to the B&A Bakery, where I've checked in many times. And it's a little awkward. There's a couple of doors. They won't have one of these push-the-button-open-the-door buttons, I don't think. Um, and there's a bit of a step. It might be a little awkward getting into that place. I mean, I'm going to see. Maybe maybe they're, maybe law makes them have an automatic door opener. i got to find out. Uh, because we're out of bread, and, and I love my bread. So that would be the next challenge for today. And then home to continue watching this wonderful series about Kim Philby and uh, the Cambridge Five. And uh, it's done. It's a, a little a British series, I guess. I found it on Amazon Prime. I think it's Friends with Traitors or something like that. I, I don't know the title of it, but it's very good. I think it's only a six-part series. And uh, it's it's an amazing story. And I remember when I was young how much I enjoyed reading about Kim Philby and the real business of spying, you know, and uh, and then being aware in, in Margaret Thatcher's time of Anthony Blunt. Oh, my God. The surveyor of the Queen's art high up connected with the top people was a spy for the Russians the whole time. Oh, my God. That was after Burgess had fled to Russia and Philby himself fled. Uh, and uh, there's, and then there's another man I had to, I heard about today that uh, I had never, um, never known about, never heard about, didn't know who he was. And um, that's all very interesting. The Cambridge Five. So there you are. If you're not uh, sure about this, Google Kim Philby, P-H-I-L-B-Y. It's interesting stuff, but I'm sure all my listeners are old enough to know all about that crap. Scarborough Dude, oh my God, I've gone overtime, signing off from uh, Thompson Park and feeling kind of peppy and feeling kind of good and just wanted to send a thanks out, uh, including to my friend Rob in Thailand for sharing, for keeping in touch, for connecting, for reaching out, for uh, just letting me know you're out there and listening and, and you care. And I care back. Signing off from uh, Thompson Park. Bye for now. I don't know why I'm going with three bells these days, but uh, that's what you get. Scabber Dude back at you from Bluffers Park once again. It is uh, 3.15 in the p.m. on uh, ooh, it's Thursday, May, no, May, March 16th, March 16th. Um, I went out today. I had chores to do to pick up my uh, in, uh, income tax forms. From my accountant, I have such a good friendship with my accountant. Uh, we tease, we joke. I told her today, I said, my God, she looked really nice. She had a nice coat on, a scarf, and she's got a little Mazda Miata that she drives. Very sporty. And I said, my God, you, you must have been a real hot number when you were younger. <laughs> and she laughed. And she says, uh, you mean I'm not now? And then uh, she turned it around and said, you know, maybe I could have said the same about you. But we have that kind of a friendship. It's it's uh, we joke. We're open about our private lives together. It's it's a wonderful, um, it's just a wonderful thing. I've been that way about any, well, in work, and it was with my study tours. I'm not going to work with anybody. I don't have a a good connection with. 
Now, some people, of course, I kept that at a distance, more so, but she's been with me for many, many years. After going through a string of accountants who were not good, uh, I'm one who really overcharged you. I had no idea what, and he treated me like I was a corporation. I'm a one-man operation, but I was paying corporate fees. And then I found out he was just farming it out to other people to do the work. So uh, I got burned in the first few years. But anyway, I've learned. Uh, moving on, I wasn't going to talk about that at all. What was I going to talk about? Uh, R-R-R-R-R-R-R. That's the movie I watched. The one from India that won the Academy Award for the best song. And they did this, what I thought was a fabulous dance. I don't think Catherine Matthews was impressed, but I thought it was really good. The number they did at the Oscars, which is what got me to watch the movie in the first place. And oh my God, uh, I've never seen a movie. I don't know Indian cinema that well, at all, I should say. But uh, boy, the English come out pretty stinking mean in this film. And there's a lot of violence. And it was interesting, as Catherine pointed out, uh, there was an homage to all the heroes, freedom fighters of different groups over the history of trying to overthrow the English, and no mention of Gandhi at all. And, of course, the movie was just the opposite message that Gandhi would have given. So kind of interesting. I know Catherine has some strong feelings about it. I'd like to know because I felt, oh, my God. I was apologizing on behalf of my uh, British ancestry for uh, the nastiness. All right, so this clip or this podcast is going to end with a song called Alabama by Cowboy Copas. Can't tell you the year. I can tell you as a teenager. My brother had the 45, which I have now. I loved that song. And I played, I've played it on this podcast a few times. And it just came up in rotation, you know, when I do shuffle, when I'm doing the dishes and stuff. And it came up, and I just it just does something to me. And I think it says a whole lot about who I am. Uh, maybe it's growing up in Valleyfield, you know, the first eight years of my life, a small town. Maybe hearing country music in the background. Uh, my father played a banjo. I don't know what all the reasons are. And of course, I guess my brother liked country music because he had Johnny Cash's first album and Eddie Arnold and Chet Atkins, that kind of music. Um, So I guess there was some influence there, but I would play that song over and over again. Brought it with me to Vancouver, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And um, played it on my little portable turntable. Uh, The words, the lyrics, I I copied them all out. (laughs) I had to try and listen at the end if you want, or just hang up. You know, if you don't, you're not into that. But uh, you know, I went to a turkey roast down the street. The people down there eating like wild geese are on my way. I'm going back to Alabama. Now I would sing that. I'm a little too embarrassed, a little too shy to sing it here. Um, you know, some folks say that I came for a trampoline steal, but I caught three in my cornfield. I'm on my way. I'm going back to Alabama. One had a bushel, the other had a peck. One had a roast near tied around his neck. I'm on my way, and so on. Now, my favorite part in the whole thing. Now, it sound, my singing sounds better when I'm singing along with it, and you can't hear me, but you can hear the record, but uh, I don't have it with me right now. In fact, actually, maybe I could play it. Maybe I've got it. Yeah. Hang on. Hang on. I'm going to, I'm going to, well, we're, Alabama, Alabama. Come on, just give me Alabama, E-L-A, Alabama. There it is, Cowboy Copus. Let's hear this, baby. There we go. All right. 
Now I'm going to go back to the lyrics. Okay, we're good. Gonna take a roast down the street. People down there eating like wild geese. I'm on my way. I'm going back to Alabama. Talk about your people having a whale of a time, eating up a chicken and drinking their wine. I'm on my way. I'm going back to Alabama. Some folks say that a tramp won't steal, but I caught three in my cornfield. I'm on my way. I'm going back to Alabama. One had a bushel, the other had a peck. One had a roaster tied around his neck. I'm on my way. I'm going back to Alabama. Favorite part's coming up. Get ready. Here comes Sal walking down the street with the run-down shoes tied to her feet. I'm on my way. Oh, damn it. Missed it. My favorite part. Shit. Sal, I know you with a run-down sleeper and a tore-up shoe. I'm on my way. I'm going back to Alabama. Pretty sure I missed that part up. Damn it. Favorite part. When I get ready to leave this earth, I'm gonna look back on my money's worth. I'm on my way. I'm going back to Alabama. I'm going back to Alabama. Okay, we're good. Now, you gotta admit, that is pretty, pretty damn awful. Um, but I just, I. Yeah. You know, and and a, a wiser person would just delete that clip, but I, I can't. I've, I've got to. I just want to carry on. It made me happy, and I would sing that before going out. I'd sing that in the basement in Lachine. I'd sing that in my little apartment on West Second Avenue in Vancouver. And it was the part about Sal and, and then people drinking their wine and Sal coming down the street. It was just so casual and so relaxed. And so fun. I, I don't know who this guy was, but maybe I wanted to be that guy. You know, just walking down the street, greeting Sal out there. You know, Sal's a pretty loose lady, I, I figure. <laughs> you know, run down shoes tied to her feet. Morning, honey. Stand over there, baby. Get over there now. Hello, Sal. I know you with a run-down slipper and a tore-up shoe. I'm on my way. So this guy's wanting to get back. And going back, he's happy about going back to Alabama because that's that's his roots. All right. So I think, are we done with Alabama? Um, the movie I was talking about on uh, Amazon Prime is called A Spy Among Friends. Highly recommended if you're into Kim Philby and so on. Uh, B&A Bakery, I mentioned uh, I was just doing a test run to see if I get it in and out. They do not have an automatic door opener, which I believe is the law in Ontario, or I was told that by my physiotherapist. And um, I could not get in without help. I had to have a customer open the doors and hold them for me because pushing one of these big rollers 
your arm can't stretch out far enough to hold the door open wide enough to get in. Uh, it was it was uh, difficult. Um, I did have a fall. I don't know if I mentioned that, but I did take a tumble, and um, it uh, it was nasty. Uh, you know, little drew a little blood in my arm and uh, hurt my back. Trying to slip on a pair of Crocs and not holding on to something firmly enough, whatever. I don't know how it happened. I knee buckled and down I went and uh, heavily, enough that my son came running downstairs to check on his dad uh, and uh, offered to pick me up. I said, no, i got to get myself up. But I was down on the floor for quite a while. So um, i got to be careful. And it's affected my brain. Like when I went to the mall today to uh, try on a brace to see if it would be any help, and I decided, no, it's not going to be any help, a knee brace, a stabilizer, um... I, it was, it was, it's still scary using this thing, like a little bit of the smallest ramp and going downhill and I'm holding the brakes and this thing's getting away from me and whoa, whoa, Nelly. Uh, it's just, I, I, I'm not used to it yet. I've only had it for a week and, um, it's going to take some adapting to And one more thing I mentioned, and, and I, I just say this out of curiosity, no self-pity here, but when I see an older person walking upright, confidently, maybe hands behind the back like Prince Philip, and I think, wow, you lucky fucker. That's amazing. Good for you. Uh, because uh, those days are gone for me. And uh, it's been about several years now, I guess four years, maybe five, that I've had the keen. And now I'm still adapting to this new walker. Sorry to end on that note. I'm trying to wean away. Well, I gave you Alabama. Come on. Um... But that's about it. I'm over time. Uh, this the songs at the end. I hope you. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. Maybe not my singing along, but uh, the song itself. It's just a feel good song. One of those things you put on to pick up your spirits, and uh, that's what it does for me. So I'm gonna listen to it again when I put this whole schmoozle together, and uh, I'll be back in another week or so. So uh, Scarba dude signing out from uh, Thompson Park. No, it's not Thompson Park. Bluffers Park. Jesus, it's one or the other anyway. Bye for now. Good morning, huh?
ready to leave this earth I'm gonna look back to my money's worth I'm on the 